You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a crossover episode between Locked On Reds and Locked On Dodgers, and I always point in the wrong directions. The good news is I'm Jeff, and... No, I'm Jeff. Oh, he's Jeff, too. Jeff, too. Yeah. <laughs> Never point in the right direction. I guess it doesn't matter which direction you point. The, I think it's the, locked on and it's Jeff. The problem is I point to you where I'm looking on my screen, and it's got to be yeah. opposite because I don't understand. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. I'm pointing at you right now. Man, <laughs> technology, man. Can you even Can you even believe it? I don't know why they give this to us, but they do. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about this Reds-Dodgers series. First off, we are the Locked on Dodgers and Locked on Reds podcasts. I'm Jeff Carr. He's Jeff Snyder. Those are our Twitter handles. You can follow our podcasts literally wherever you get your podcast free and easy to use. That's right. You don't have to pay. I mean, it's pretty nice, you know? Yeah. You can also subscribe to both of our channels on YouTube. If you're more into watching podcasts and listening to them. And we also ought to mention that this episode is brought to you by Spotify green room, and you can download that app and join both of us talking about our respective teams every week. Get in on the action, you know? Exactly. They're changing the way that we talk sports, or at least that's what I heard about. I, I don't I don't know. I, I, I tell you what, though, Jeff, let's dive into this because this is a big matchup. Back in May, this was um, a very interesting series. This was uh, the red side of things. I really liked what I saw. I, I didn't really understand it at the time. I really thought they took advantage of some key injuries to the Dodgers, a lot of pitching staff injuries and things like that. Not happening this time around. The Reds are getting the A squad. The top three pitchers in the Dodgers rotation are slated to pitch in each one of these three games here. And to be honest with you, with the woes that this lineup has had for Cincinnati, I'm a little worried. I'm not gonna lie. We we have struck. We have seen struggles for the Reds. Uh, in, in fact, even in the series closing game in Pittsburgh, they faced a guy named Connor Overton. And if you've not heard of him, there's a reason why he's only pitched seven innings before yesterday. If you haven't heard of Connor Overton. It means you're not Connor Overton. <laughs> exactly. Well, all he did was pitch three beautifully shutout innings against this Reds lineup. And now they're looking at Walker Bueller tonight. They've got Max Scherzer tomorrow, who I don't think he's given up a run since coming over to LA. He might've given up one. I don't know. And then you've got Clayton Kershaw who's back and well, he pitches from the left side and anybody with a pulse pitches well with their left hand against this Reds lineup. So this is going to be a really struggle of a series. I want to start with you though, because this has been a battle all year long because the Dodger or between the Dodgers and the Padres out there in the NOS talking about the two best teams in the national league, maybe the two best teams in all of, uh, I'm sorry, not the Padres. We were talking about that in the preseason. Oh, sorry, Javi. I don't mean to do that. It's the giants. They surprised everybody. Hey, what we, is going we don't on? Say sorry to Javi. Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. You know, and, and uh, you know, the Dodgers and Reds both come into the series with a lot to play for. And, yes. Back when they met last time, it was it was different. I think the Reds were coming off like a seven game losing streak last time, and then uh, they they beat the Dodgers two out of three. This time, the Dodgers are a game behind the Giants in the National League West. The Reds are a game and a half out of the wild card, uh, behind two teams, the Padres and their division rival Cardinals. And so, 
you know, it's intense for both teams. And uh, like you said, you know, that when, when they faced each other earlier this year, uh, let's just say I don't think Luke Rayleigh or the corpse of Edwin Rios are going to get many at-bats this time like they did last time. The Dodgers do have uh, their their healthy lineup, and you're getting two of their top three pitchers. You know, it, it's hard to know where Clayton Kershaw slots in right now just because he's not built up. He's fresh off the injured list. He's only gone one time. And so they're probably not going to get uh, more than, you know, I, I think they'd be thrilled with five innings from Kershaw. Uh, but when you're going after Bueller and Scherzer, who, you know, the Dodgers are probably expecting seven innings from each of them. So they should have a rested bullpen and the, the bullpens were pretty good. So, yeah, you know, it, it's uh, it's kind of crazy that if you had told me uh, before the season on September 17th, the Dodgers would be sitting on whatever they're at, 93 wins or, or whatever. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right, you know, uh, and tell me they're 17 games ahead of the Padres. I'd be like, yeah, that, that you know, surprising, but I'm not shocked. And Oh, and by the way, they're behind the Giants. Like, what? Right. You know, the, there's some things I know about baseball. I'm not stupid. Don't try to tell me the Dodgers are behind the Giants <laughs> in September 2021. I'm not going to fall for your stupid thing, time traveling man. Right. Uh, but it turns out time traveling man was right. And, and I'm not very happy about it. It's it's amazing to see. I know that the Reds played the Giants very early on in the season. They got they got done with their entire series with uh, San Francisco, and San Francisco really handled them. That was not a fun season series to watch this Reds team, and to see the two out of three at Chavez Ravine saying that that was a surprise after what the Diamondbacks did to the Reds. Yes, the Diamondbacks won five out of six against the Cincinnati Reds. I'm sure that surprises you very much. Um, it surprised the hell out of me. And then the Padres, the Reds only won one game against that. And it's funny because most Reds fans look at that one win as the turning point in this season, where whenever things were going really rough, weren't sure what the Reds were going to do as we were heading into the trade deadline. And then all of a sudden, Tyler Stevenson hits a walk-off to win in the final game in San Diego to bring it home and not get swept. And that was really the long and short of it. They, the Reds have been dominated by everybody in the NL West, and now they're finishing up with this Dodgers team coming into it, having lost seven straight series and they're not really playing murderers row, Jeff, they're playing, uh, they've lost to the Cubs. They've lost to the Tigers. They've lost to the Pirates teams that they should be absolutely making hay against teams that coming into the month of September, I looked at the schedule and I said, boy, if they're hanging on, they might get this wild card. And on August 27th, they were 12 games over 500. Now they're five games over 500. And I feel lucky to say that because everything at certain times has failed. You're talking about a lineup that for the most part, ever since Jesse Winker has been out talking about 20, I think around 26 games right now, ever since he's been out, they've scored one run at least 10 times during that stretch. Now, thankfully, they scored one run yesterday and they won. So that's nice to see, but I don't think that's going to work against this Dodgers team who is absolutely stacked. And I want to, I want to ask you this too. Um, and maybe this is something that uh, we can give folks a cliffhanger for, and you can answer in this next segment. But uh, the thing for me 
as a Reds fan who has heard all his life that his favorite team is a small market team. What is it like to sign a former Cy Young winner, have things go wrong there, and then just say, oh, you know what? We're going to go trade for Max Scherzer. You know, I will answer that question in a minute. But first, I'm going to tell you about Built Bar because I love myself some Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar in the world. They're all delicious and they're all healthy. And that's a combination you don't get very often. Imagine eating a sleeve of of uh, Girl Scout cookies, the Thin Mints, and not mm. feeling like a big fat glutton right after. That's what the Built Bar Grasshopper Cookie Bar is. It is so good. It tastes just like the the grass uh, the Thin Mints, but it's got like 150 calories per bar or something. All the all the Built Bars are like 130 to 180 cal- calories each, 17 or 18 uh, grams of protein, four or five grams of sugar and net carbs. Uh, I mean, they're really healthy. And unlike every other kind of protein bar you can buy, they don't taste like garbage. Protein bars are gross. People eat protein bars because they they feel like they get bonus points for hating themselves enough. Like, I'm going to build extra muscles because I'm eating this cardboard. Well, guess what? Built Bar, you don't have to hate yourself for the calories, and you don't have to feel like you must hate yourself to make yourself eat that garbage. Built Bar tastes great, and it is super healthy for you. And if you go to built.com, you can use promo code LOCK15. Uh, for 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. And with that said, Jeff, I'm going to answer your question. Uh, yeah, it, it's really nice having a team that's willing to spend the money that they get. You know, uh, I, I believe that every uh, every major league owner could afford to spend more money than they do. Uh, and you know, the Dodgers, they do spend more money than anybody, even them. They're probably still making, making more money than anybody because just their TV deal is like 330 million bucks a year. You know, they, they could handle this payroll they have without ever selling a ticket. And oh yeah. Also, they also lead the league in attendance every year and, uh, you know, merchandise sales and everything. So, you know, uh, but it's what, what I love about it is the commitment to winning, you know, the Dodgers, they went out and signed Trevor Bauer, like you said, and and that didn't work out. And, uh, you know, some people think they should have foreseen that it wouldn't work out. I don't think uh, the particulars of him not being on the roster right now were actually that foreseeable. I think a lot of people are jerks on Twitter and not uh, doing the things that Trevor Bauer is accused of doing. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, so when that didn't work out, they said, okay, we'll trade for Max Scherzer instead. And and it's But the thing is, that didn't take money. That took a good farm system. The Dodgers have, they draft well, they develop well, and they're willing to spend money. It's kind of the triple, basically, you know, if I wasn't a Dodger fan, I would hate the Dodgers because they are run the way I would want my favorite team to be run. I want my favorite team to draft well, develop well, and spend money to fill in the holes when they need to, you know? Yeah, no, and to be honest with you, when I look at the Dodgers, I don't hate them. I, I'm certainly jealous of Dodger fans and and different fan bases around Major League Baseball, but I, I definitely don't hate the Dodgers for doing what they do. I understand it. I mean, and the the uh, it's interesting to note that part of that trade that got Max Scherzer to the Dodgers, Josiah Gray was involved in that. He was formerly a Reds farmhand. So it's funny to see how that has all worked out. You can talk about that trade that happened a couple of years ago that brought Yasiel Puig. Uh, hey, it got you blo- your starting shortstop, man. Yeah. 
That's a sore subject. Um, I, no, don't get me wrong. I love me some Kyle Farmer, but you could ask 10 Reds fans what they think of what the Reds have done with Kyle Farmer, and I think you might get 10 answers. So it, it's interesting to see. But I love the development that he's had this season and also uh, a belated congrats to him because I keep forgetting to do this on the podcast, but he just had his first child a couple of days ago. He's been back. He's, he was on paternity leave for like an entire weekend, and this is how late that I'm doing this. I'm doing this on Friday, but yeah, whatever. Um, it's really great that he is uh, moving along in his life as well, getting the chance to be the Reds' everyday shortstop. I'd like to see what more they could do uh, after Jose Barrero takes over next year. Maybe they could try him out at third base or something like that because the Reds have a lot of question marks at third base between Mike Masakis and Eugenio Suarez. But for me, when I'm looking at this game, we talked about Scherzer a little bit, but the key matchups are going to be this Reds lineup against this ridiculous probable starting uh, gauntlet that they're going to go through with Walker Bueller and Max Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw. And I understand Clayton's still getting worked up and probably only five or six innings, but those five or six innings are going to be hell for this lineup. They have hit so terribly against left-handed pitching that I was begging, pleading on Tuesday night that somebody, anybody, the, the Pirates brought in a reliever. I don't even remember his name. I know he threw from the left side. I'm just like, somebody, anybody, please get a hit. Two left-handed hitters, Joey Votto and Mike Mustakis, did nothing. Kyle Farmer hit a laser home run. That was nice to see. So love the fact that he's been able to do that. But this lineup has been the reason that the Reds have been successful all year long. They've had one of the worst bullpens in Major League Baseball, though recently it's been okay. The fact that the lineup has taken such a huge dip is the reason that the Reds have only won five games out of their last 21. So when I, I, I look at this and I say, they are holding on by a tiny little thread to the second wild card spot. The lineup has to get going before we can even talk about them climbing up this thread, maybe turning into a rope, maybe uh, assailing the Cardinals and taking over that second spot. Not to mention the fact that they had that chance with two series over the last three weeks against the Cardinals and they totally missed the mark. And now they look at a series. Now the Dodgers are hungry. They're coming into this. They're not looking at the wild card. They're looking at the division and they're going to be playing their darndest at a ballpark that is going to absolutely love guys like Max Muncy and Justin Turner. Yeah. I'm excited to see that. You know, I, I was, I I'm interested to see what happens with Jesse Winker because Jesse Winker Duke can hit, you know, that you you've been watching him for a couple of years now. And, you know, even when he wasn't, necessarily living up to his potential he was always a guy that you're like man that guy has potential to be really good and we've seen that the last year and a half but like you said he's been out for the last month or so I think he only did two rehab games and so it's going to be really interesting to see what he can do because because like you said you know the the Reds lineup has been scuffling Joey Votto was like the hottest hitter in baseball but then the last three weeks or so you know, he's got a 654 OPS since August 24th. And most of that is actually buoyed up by the fact that he's still taking his walks. You know, he's batting 167 with a 367 slugging percentage. It's just, you know, a couple home runs and a couple doubles, but mostly a whole lot of outs. And, you know, Nick Castellanos is, you know, not as long term, but the last, you know, week and a half or so, he's been struggling. So that, that lineup really can, could use Jesse Winker, but it's, it's hard to, 
you know, I, I feel bad for Jesse Winker. Hey, why don't you take a month off and then come back and face Walker Bueller and Max Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw <laughs> yeah. and, and, and see if you can get it going again on the big league level against those guys, you know, and maybe he will, you know, he's a, he's a very good hitter, but that is going to be the big thing to see if, if the Reds lineup can do anything against this, this Dodgers pitching. And the fact is the Reds also have their three, probably their three best pitchers going in this series too. Um, you know, depending on, uh, your, your thoughts on Luis Castillo, you know, at least talent wise, maybe it's their, their top three. Although if we talk about talent, maybe we got to take Wade Miley back out. I don't, I don't understand how Wade Miley is doing what he's doing. Uh, <laughs> let's just say I'm not, I'm not in the uh, Wade, Wade Miley believers club, but uh, gamma uh, rays, I, I think, but yeah, <laughs> he's got a, a strikeout rate reminiscent of like the thirties, but uh, you know, it, it's, it, it really is going to come down to who's good pitching is going to win. And it seems to me Obviously, I'm biased. I've got the hat on, but uh seems like the Dodgers lineup has an edge over the Reds lineup in this series because, you know, it, it's stacked. Like I said, there's no Luke Rayleigh. There's no Edwin Rios in this lineup. It is Mookie Betts and then Max Muncy and then Trey Turner and then Cor Justin Turner and then Corey Seager or vice versa. You know, and I mean, you've got Cody Bellinger, who has been struggling really bad this season. Even he looks like he's maybe starting to figure some things out. Chris Taylor might be back to, to give you know, at least you probably at least against Wade Miley, probably Bellinger would sit, you know, Gavin Lux is back up for the minors. He's hitting Will Smith is the best hitting catcher in baseball. Sorry, Salvador Perez, but uh, Will Smith's better than you. Uh, you know, it, it's a, uh, it's a really good lineup when they're right. And they've shown signs the last uh, several days that they might be getting right. And yeah, it was against the diamondbacks, but you know, the diamondback Zach Gallon's a good pitcher, you know, Merrill Kelly is a decent pitcher. And the Dodgers did pretty well against those guys. So if the if the Dodgers offense is back, it's uh they, they might really enjoy their time in that stadium. I I would be one of those guys that likes to compare matchups and things like that. But to be honest with you, if you are getting right, it doesn't matter who it's against because the Reds have been wrong against teams that they should be getting right against. So I, I don't put too much stock into who it is that you're getting right against, so long as you're getting right, and this is the right time of year to get right. And I'm saying the word right a whole lot. So that probably means we should That's move right on. That's right you are. <laughs> but uh, coming up here, I want to I want to look at uh we're going to look at keys to victory, probably talk about some betting odds at least for this first game and give our predictions for the series before we get into that though. Speaking of betting odds, you need to head to betonline.ag today and if you have not taken advantage of this promo code offer type in the promo code locked on they will give you 100 percent more on your initial deposit if you put in 20 they'll put in 20 if you put in 50 they'll put in 50 if you're a really big spender and you want to put in 100 they'll put in 100 too go to betonline.ag they've got great odds when it comes to major league baseball the nfl that's getting going right now as we're talking i think the game between the giants and the washington footballers has ended but the nfl is currently going on right now you can take advantage of all of that and i was looking jeff at a game that you might be interested in uh, maybe i don't know you might have put this team in the rearview mirror but the san diego padres are facing the st louis cardinals tonight you've got miles michaelis for the cardinals against vince velasquez for the pirates or for the padres who wasn't employed a couple of days ago i believe i think he was a free agent so um yeah the over under on that game is set at nine jeff 
from Lockdown Reds is telling you to take the over on that. I don't know who's going to win the game. I'm not saying that you should bet one way or the other on that one, but take the over on nine total runs because between Vince Velasquez, Miles Michaelis, and the shaky bullpens of both those ball clubs, more than nine runs is going to be scored. I feel very strongly about that. So go to betonline.ag, set up your profile with the promo code locked on to get 100% more on your initial deposit and Put a couple bucks there on the over for the Padres and Cardinals at over nine. And I believe, let me see what the big minus 110. So there you go. Get you a couple of bucks there. And also, while you're on the internet, go to directtv.com and figure out how to bring all of your entertainment options under one television screen. Stop me if you've heard this before, Jeff. You're watching the game on your big screen. You've got the game highlights going up on your phone. You got your tablets with your streaming shows and you've got your neighbor's best friend log in for the good stuff. It's 2021. Let's bring it into the present, not even the future, the present, bring your entertainment options all under one television screen with direct TV stream, go to directtv.com today to learn more about direct TV stream and how you can bring your entertainment options into 2021 right now. That's on directtv.com. compatible device required. Uh, yeah, check it out at direct TV. All right, Jeff, looking at this series, um, I'm going to be honest with you. We're going to talk about keys to victory and betting odds and all that other stuff. Predictions wise, I'm, I'm just going to be happy if the reds don't get swept. And I'm not saying that as the ant that's afraid of the boot that's about to step on it. I understand that the Dodgers have way more talent than the reds do mostly because their, their front office cares about that sort of thing. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I think we're good. But when I look at this series, the Dodgers are just on such a roll and the Reds are going to be facing some pitchers who are on such a roll and they're putting up a lineup that just has to figure out how to score runs again. I just want one win. I just want one out of three. And I'm not sure what your feelings are on that matter, but that's where I'm at. Yeah. And honestly, I'm going to be disappointed if the Reds don't get swept because the Dodgers need every win right now. You know, the, the, the giants are going up against the Braves this weekend. And, uh, you know, realistically you can expect the, the giants to lose at least one of those games. And so if the Dodgers can sweep the reds, the Dodgers can, can tie the giants. If the, the Braves really take care of business, win two out of the three, even better, you know, but, uh, you know, the Dodgers, they, they've gotten past the mindset of let's win the series and they are in let's sweep this series mindset. You know, they've done it the last couple of times and they, it's what they need to do right now to to pass the Giants. It's it's kind of a, a bummer that the two best teams in baseball happen to be in the same division, but it's also fun because it, it makes the Dodgers really go after it. And so you're not going to see, you know, for for most of the season, the first five months of the season, Dave Roberts was giving guys days off and stuff, and the days off days are over, you know. And yeah. and Max Scherzer, dude. Go out and throw eight innings if you can throw eight innings. Walker Bueller, do the same thing. In fact, Bueller, go ahead and throw a complete game. You know that, and and we are throwing the A lineup at the Reds. And really, the question is, can can the Dodgers A lineup show up? And it seems like I said, it seems like they're getting right. Uh, they have been pretty boomer bust. That's a phrase that every Dodgers fan is tired of hearing in 2021: boomer bust. Because there's been a whole lot of boom, but also a whole lot of bust. And at the end of the day, the Dodgers have by far the best run differential in baseball. Uh, but it would be nice to get a lot more of that boom 
and uh, not the bust because the bust is scary because the bust just reminds us that that bust could come in October. And for many, many of the past eight years that the Dodgers have won their division, that bust has come in October. And uh, so the busts in August and September just, just kind of give us a little bit of PTSD and remind us that uh, baseball is a fickle game that hates us and wants us to be sad. And so what we need, uh, honestly, I, I, I don't know if I'm predicting a Dodger sweep. I think the Dodgers are favored in all three games. Yeah. I think the Dodgers, especially the first two, you know, the third game, not knowing what you're going to get from Kershaw uh, and going up against, I think that's Kershaw against Miley in the third game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a little bit of a question mark there. The Dodgers have struggled some against left-handed pitching this year, uh, but that was before Trey Turner. That was when Mookie Betts wasn't really healthy. When Corey Seager was out. He hits lefties really well. So, you know, uh, all in all, I, I fully expect the Dodgers to win the first two games of the series and then go into the into the finale on Sunday with smelling blood and, and just come out and just dominate. Unfortunately, Austin Barnes will probably be catching on Sunday between it being uh, you know, a, a day game, although it's not a day game after a night game, night game because Saturday is a day game too. Right. Uh, but Barnes usually does catch Kershaw. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I'd love it if they went with Will Smith all three all three games, but uh, who knows if that's the case. But yeah, I'm expecting a Dodger sweep, honestly. It's funny because for like all of 10 minutes, I heard that they were going to move that to Sunday night baseball, and then they decided to not do that. I, I don't know exactly all what went behind that decision, but here we are. We're talking about two day games in a row this weekend, and I, I think there's going to be a lot of intrigue surrounding Kershaw versus Miley because if you put the two together I think their uh, total age is like 70 years old and their uh, major league experience is somewhere around a thousand and fifty so uh, years um, so uh, when I look at that pitching matchup I'm very excited to see what happens and a lot of that has to deal with what are we going to get from Wade Miley he's been the Reds most consistent pitcher all year long I was looking at this the other day when you just break it down and I know the quality starts aren't the best like end-all be-all statistic when you're talking about starting pitching but it's a starting point of understanding and so far as Wade Miley is concerned over 56 percent of his starts have been quality starts he's not been that good for seven years we're talking about like a career renaissance for him you mentioned how strange it's been to see his success and yet his strikeout rate is something akin to when Gaylord Perry was towing the rubber uh I I I agree with you it's basically just been don't give up hard contact he's been phenomenal at limiting that but you can tell almost immediately the very first inning if he's going to have a good or bad start because if guys are hitting ground balls weak grounders things like that it's going to be a good start for him because he likes to work quick uh, I, I've said this before to a couple of different people, but my, one of my favorite uh, pictures, favorite scenes that I can think of when I remember this season is in San Francisco whenever Miley was pitching against the Giants. There was a situation where he was in the zone just rolling, and he threw a curveball that Tucker Barnhart couldn't grab onto, but the guy swung and missed, and there was nobody on base, so the ball just goes back to the backstop and nobody cares. The bat boy runs out to grab the baseball, you can still see him in the background of the shot and Wade Miley is into his motion for the next pitch. 
he is just <laughs> so quick when he's in the zone. And that's a huge deal for me to see what that's going to happen on Sunday. And then when I'm looking at the other two pitching matchups uh, from the Reds aspect, you got Castillo on Friday night. What is he? Because in his last start, he was only okay. In fact, he was one of the liabilities and the reason that, reasons that the Reds lost because they still scored runs. They gave four runs, but he gave up four runs. And that's not going to help, especially against this Dodgers lineup. And then you got Sonny Gray on Saturday, who as of late has looked a lot better, mostly because he changed his philosophy after he came off the injured list in late July, early August. He was really trying to pitch to strikeouts. He was really trying to pitch around guys, get them to swing and miss, or to get that phantom like called strike three, something like that. Because of that, he was running his pitch count up, giving up some walks, giving up some hits because he would get into hitters counts and have to throw a bad strike that would then get clobbered. Since then, he's changed his philosophy and kind of pitched is a little bit more like Wade Miley, not getting a ton of strikeouts, but being very pitch efficient and going late into ball games. So I'm going to be excited to see what I get from him on Saturday. But no matter how good they pitch, if they give up one, if they give up two, if this lineup doesn't hit, it does not matter. They have given so many of these performances where it seems like quick at bats, they get the off speed pitches early and you can catch these guys really aggressively swinging, thinking that they're going to pull the ball out of the ballpark. And then it's just a dribbler down the third baseline. So what does that do with guys like Bueller guys like Scherzer guys like Kershaw who are way, way far and above smarter than the pitchers that they've been facing over the last week and a half. How is that going to play out? And that to me is going to be so crucial in if the Reds are even competitive. And that's all I'm asking. I'm not asking for the Reds to win this series. I just want competitive baseball because it seems so few and far between here lately. Yeah, and it, it's going to be kind of a bellwether for the Dodgers to see how they hit against this this solid pitching. You know, because like, like I said, it was the Diamondbacks that they faced recently. You know, the Reds are potentially a wild card matchup. You know, there's a, a not tiny chance that the wild card game could be the Dodgers against the Reds, you know? And so uh, seeing what the Dodgers offense can do here, if they can come out and and make Luis Castillo work, make Sonny Gray work, you know, uh, Wade Miley, I, I'm actually excited for that game because Kershaw works quick too. So, uh, you know, we might, we might have a two-hour game that day. Hopefully it'll be uh, prolonged by the Dodgers hitting, you know, knocking Wade Miley around a little bit and a lot of pitching changes for the Reds. But, you know, uh, it, it, it'll be exciting. And I'm, I'm really interested to see what the Dodgers offense does because, you know, they have been so boomer bust and this seems like a series where you could see either one, you could see some boom or you could see some bust. And I think that's, uh, we're going to know a lot more by the end of this weekend about what, what the Dodgers chances really are, uh, because this is some solid pitching. If they can take care of business against these guys, I think everybody in Dodgerland is going to go be feeling a lot better about October. You know, obviously if they face the Brewers in the NLCS, uh, you know, nobody's going to hit Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff really well, but if the Dodgers can take care of business against these Reds pitchers, I think it at least, you know, builds up some of that confidence and, and, you know, e even in a Brewers series the the Brewers hit, it's kind of the same thing, you know, Brewers hitters would have to get some runs off these guys who Dodgers have three starters who are going to finish in the fi for top five or six in Cy Young voting. So, you know, it's a, uh, 
it, it'll be a fun series. Uh, hopefully more fun for me than for you. Honestly, like I like you, Jeff, I think you're a good dude with a cool name, but, uh, you know, I, I hope you're pretty, pretty upset this weekend. I hope you, uh, you, by, by Sunday night, I hope you're questioning why you decide to be a, a baseball podcast. <laughs> Well, well, my friend, I can assure you that I've already done that over the last week or so. Um, that's going to do it for us today. <laughs> um, on that disappointment, it's time to end. Uh, before we end, though, I wanted to let you know you should go check out the Locked on Bets podcast whenever we're talking about betonline.ag. They can help you out, your boy Q. And Mr. Sterling, Lee Sterling, I always forget his first name. Lee Sterling can help you out over at the Locked On Bets podcast. Find that wherever you get your podcasts. But we are looking forward to hopefully some good baseball this weekend, Uh, looking uh, more questionable at the home team than I am at the visiting team. We shall see what happens, though. Jeff, I appreciate uh, getting the chance to do this crossover with you. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, these are our Twitter handles. You can follow us during the series. Jeff also has a partner. Jeff, what's uh, Vince's uh, Twitter handle there? His Twitter handle is just Vince Samperio, pretty straightforward. And, uh, you know, we like it. We keep our DMs open. We love talking with uh, baseball fans. So hit us up. You can also hit us up on Instagram or Twitter, just at Locked On Dodgers. So there you go. And you can follow at Locked On Reds as well. We will uh, we'll talk about this series on Monday. Also, real quick, uh, shameless personal plug here. If you're listening to the Reds Radio Network after the game on Sunday, after the series finale, myself and Austin Elmore will host the um, oh, they call it Reds Extra Innings. It's the post-game show on the Reds Radio Network on 700 WLW. That's uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to that so but anyway for jeff and jeff you can decide which one yeah (laughs) you can decide which jeff i just mentioned there we'll talk to you guys on monday thanks for listening to locked on jeff's